Hello and welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea and today I am so excited to share the first guest interview episode of the show. One of the pillars of this podcast is community, and I hope to be a place where you can find all kinds of different resources for you and your dancers. I'm always on a mission to learn myself, and I know that many of you feel the same way. You will certainly learn something new from this interview. Today's guest is Katie Groven of DancerFitness.com. Katie is an ACSM certified personal trainer, a holistic health coach, and a two-time world champion dancer. She's the creator of DancerFitness.com, which is Dancer-Fitness.com. It's an online exercise database designed to optimize dancers' skills with strength training. She has combined over 25 years of dance and her expertise in fitness to empower dancers of all ages to view themselves as athletes and give coaches and teachers the tools to increase their strength, endurance, injury prevention, and overall performance. I had so much fun in this interview with Katie. We have a lot of the same values and have the same you know, passion for dance and desire to serve our community. So in this interview, we talked about the importance of strength training specific to dancers' needs and goals, why that strength training doesn't take as much time as you think, and our views on whether dancers are athletes and so much more. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Katie, it's so nice to have you today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited, and it's been really fun to become friends over the last few weeks even. Yes. Um, So thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Well, and this is exciting. You were officially my first guest interview on the podcast, so... Uh, welcome and thanks for you know being this guinea pig with me testing this out. You're exactly the kind of person I would want to do this with because it feels like talking to a friend. We're just going to share some great uh, tips and advice for people, but we just get to chat, which is what makes this so fun. Yes, I'm going down in history as the first person. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So I know a lot of dance educators might know about your business with Dancer Fitness, uh, but will you please introduce yourself? Tell us about you know your journey in the dance world. Yes, absolutely. Hello to everybody who knows of Dancer Fitness and who doesn't. I'm Katie Groven, and I'm the owner of DancerFitness.com, where we help dance coaches and teachers optimize their dancers' skills using strength training with an online exercise and training plan database designed exclusively for dancers. Um, But I personally began dancing at three, and at around eight years old as a ballerina, I felt like I looked different than the other dancers, and this actually started a lifelong battle with my body. And And, you know, I spent the last or the next 25 years dancing, competing, high school, college, an all-star program. And I loved dancing, but I was always battling with my body and I was trying to change it, wishing it could do more, never really realizing or viewing it or appreciating it as an amazing tool. I only saw it as a number or, you know, on the scale or a size. And so after I graduated college, my passions evolved to health and wellness. I got certified as a nutrition coach and a personal trainer. And some of my very first clients were myself and my team. And so as I was applying my nutrition and my personal training knowledge to myself, I was able to change my mindset about my body and I was finally able to see it as a tool 
And I was actually able to reverse engineer a lot of my dancing goals and realize that with this strength training, I was improving as a dancer. And I knew that more people needed to know this, which is kind of where dancer fitness came from. I was traveling around educating dancers and dance coaches and teachers about strength training. But then I started my family and I was trying to do these boot camps very pregnant. It wasn't working out for me. So I wanted to reach more dancers, but in a virtual way. So that was the, you know, my second child was the birth of dancerfitness.com. Um, where everyone has that access because what I learned personally is taking the time to respect your body as a tool can actually improve your dancing, your endurance, your injury prevention, everything. It's a really magical you know, tool to have. And I wanted everybody to be able to have that. So that's where I started and that's where I am now. Um, and I'm very excited to be still in the dance community, even though I haven't been dancing for about five years now. Yeah, that I love I think that's why you and I resonated so quickly was because your work comes from a place of mindset too, of it's and changing how you think about your body and that it is a tool. And um, I was similar in the ballet world that I didn't feel like I looked like everybody that I didn't, my body didn't match a traditional ballet dancer. And that's a struggle for so many of us. And I, you know, you end up resenting your body instead of being proud of what it can do. Um, so I love that you've changed that, tried to shift that. And now you're still, you're approaching the strength training from a, that positive mindset that, you know, taking your body as a powerful tool that you can embrace and love. Exactly. It's, it's an incredible. Well, I want to ask maybe the most like foundational question about your business. Like what is it about strength training that has made it your passion now? Strength training has become my passion because for me personally, it is a tool of empowerment. Strength training gave me a tool, as I mentioned, to see my body for what it's capable of versus how much it weighs versus the number on the scale. And it allowed me to say, you know, like, okay, body, let's work together because I used to do bodybuilding. I used to do the shows where you stand on stage in bikini and somebody judges you on, are you lean enough? Are you symmetrical enough? And now I'm a power lifter where you get scored on how heavy you can lift. So it's taking the control back. It's saying, I'm going to put the work in and my body's going to perform in this way. So you are in control finally. And and for the dance world, it's become this tool to reverse engineer any goal or skill. So I'm so excited and passionate about the fact that you're not limited by your level of dance or your level of talent. Because when I was dancing, I was never the most talented at anything. And I always, um, there's a quote that says, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I worked really, really hard. And when I finally found strength training, I was like, oh my gosh, all this hard work is finally paying off. So I owe a lot of my self-confidence and my views about empowerment to strength training. I owe a lot to strength training. I really do. I love, that's amazing. And I, uh, people ask me about confidence a lot. And like one of the best ways to gain confidence is to have training you can trust and fall back on. Like if you have the physical ability to do something, you're going to be more confident that you can execute during competition and feel good about it. And I think that the way that you approach strength training is so great for that confidence building because it's more about like you're training the right muscles for dancers for what you're trying to execute and being sure that you have that kind of in your back pocket for confidence that you know, like I have been training for these jumps, for these turns, specifically working my body to be ready. And it's going to have that confidence boost as an outcome. 
Well, it's just like studying for a test in school. You go through the formula to get, you know, whatever X equals. And with strength training, it's a formula. If you have a specific skill you're trying to conquer or you're trying to master, you know, if you look at a pirouette or some sort of jump, you just have to break it down by body part. Where should your body be in each part of the skill? Which muscles do that movement? And then which exercises strengthen those muscles and then you just put it all together. And then all of a sudden, you know, with either it's a huge transformation or, you know, one of my clients who had, she just had super long arms. We just had to fix her arms a little bit. And then all of a sudden her pirouettes were rocking. So it's just like, if you can just break the body down and look at it in pieces, it's, it's a formula just like, you know, studying for a test. So then you have that confidence that you've trained those muscles and now you're ready to knock off another skill. That's great. And I think what I would imagine might be pushback that you get from dancers and coaches and the similar what I get when I'm trying to talk about mindset is how do I have time for this? I don't have time to, you know, add all this mindset training. I don't have time for all the strength training, right? So what do you say to the coaches and dance teachers and studios out there who say like, I don't have time for strength training on top of all the other things we're trying to do? Yes. So there's a couple answers to this. One is kind of aggressive. And the answer is, well, do you have time to be injured? And I don't love that one because I'm scared of flying. And I asked a pilot once, I said, what do you say to people who are scared of flying? And they said that you should be scared of driving. And I thought, well, that doesn't help very much because I was really negative. (laughs) But um, what I would say to people is that it's going to save you time. Because when you're strength training, you're going to build up strength and endurance, and that's going to give you more control. The more control you have in your movements, the less you're going to have to clean routines, the less it's going to, less time it's going to take you to apply corrections that you're either giving as a coach or you're getting as a dancer. So running your skills, cleaning your routines, it's going to save you time there. And then most importantly, you cannot deny that strength training decreases injuries. Because again, the stronger you are, the more control you have, the less you're going to roll an ankle, fall down, overuse a body part. So if you don't have time to be injured, then you have time to implement strength training. But honestly, strength training, whether you're doing it outside of dance or inside of dance, if you consistently are doing really intentional strength training two to three times a week for 20 minutes, that's going to be way more effective than one 60-minute workout per week. I mean, your body wants consistency. So if you look at that, that's one hour of strength training per week. And I get it. I remember when I was dancing, I had school, I had dance, I had a job, I had a boyfriend, you know, all of your schoolwork and and you just, it's hard to find that extra time. But I encourage dancers specifically If you can get on board with strength training that's going to help you dance better, if you can really like dig into that belief, I want you to start visualizing what are the goals you have? What type of tricks or skills are you trying to master? Imagine the feeling of mastering that skill because you're not going to feel motivated to do the strength training outside of class. You like I get it. It's been a hundred years since I've been dancing or when I was in school dancing, but I totally remember it. But that feeling of like that butterfly in your stomach because you're like, oh my gosh, this could be possible to finally get a quad or whatever type of trick you're trying to do. And then remember that when you take the time to do that strength training, you're going to get closer to that skill. 
stay motivated, remembering that, you know, it's a formula and get your teammates involved too. It's no fun to like really work out on your own. So if you're going to work out outside of it, get your teammates involved, get some challenges. We're almost in our improvement season, which is going to be summer season for a lot of dancers. So coaches and teachers start setting up, you know, workout challenges, plank challenges, squat challenges, just make it fun. But you know, that's a long winded answer to say it's going to save you time in the long run. Absolutely. It's going to save time. And I, okay, there's two pieces of that that I wanted to dig in on. One that where you're saying about saving time, cleaning routines. And I think that's what people in the competitive studio and team and dance and like high school and college teams, we spend so long trying to clean the noodle arms out of palm and to try to find the right control in a jazz and, you know, the power in a hip hop. But like, if you had stronger dancers once you go to clean like they have that mind body connection of like oh that's what that muscle should be that's how my back is supposed to feel when i do this and like that changes everything from trying to just drill the routine over and over and over that's not going to have the same effect as putting the time into the strength training on the front end that's dancer specific no i agree 100 percent because if you're yelling cues like sharpen like sharper sharper your dancers cannot comprehend what muscles need to be firing to be sharper. They'll move quicker. They'll try to like squeeze things in their body to like, they're like throwing a punch. Like they're, they're going to manipulate their body in a way. But if you can help them create that mind body connection, like you mentioned with strength training, when you tell them to be sharper, they will know how to fire those muscles. They're going to get from point A to point B way quicker. And then when you look out at your sea of dancers, I always like to say like, you're not going to get seasick because you're not going to see these weird variations of your dancers' bodies. They're all going to go from one point to the next. And it's, you're going to, it's just going to save time. You're literally, I'm working on something right now called cues that convert because we give so many cues, but we don't know how to like convert that into actual change. And I want to break that down for people and say, if you're always yelling, pull up in your pirouettes or pull up in your turns, what muscles are responsible for that? And how do you strengthen those muscles? Oh, that's beautiful. I think we both, I talk about cues all the time from a like mindset place, but that doesn't work if you don't know what it means. <laughs> and if you don't have an actual like execution of that, I don't, yeah, absolutely. And I think, cause I talk about cues you know, like leading into a challenging turn section or something that you don't want to let your brain panic right before that turn section. And for many dancers, having something concrete that is technical as your cue can be really helpful. And that's usually what I share. But to your point, like even saying, you know, core or tight or pull up or like that doesn't necessarily mean your dancer knows what to do with their body with that cue. Right. Well, and even if you think about pull up, even as I'm picturing someone standing in a passe on releve, they could be referring to, you know, lifting their chest, lifting their arms, lifting a hip or dropping a hip or lifting the heel or lifting the passe. There are so many different things that could be going wrong when a coach is yelling lift up. And then what usually happens is a dancer just brings their shoulders up to their ear, holds their breath and prays. They're like, they're going to keep getting around. That's what happens. They tense up. I'm just going to squeeze everything. Give them some tools um, to, in, I mean, again, empower your dancers to feel like they're in control of their body when they hit the floor. And talk about mindset, right? When you get on the floor and you feel like you're in control of your movements, confidence right there. Yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, that's great. So shifting gears a little bit, now that you know so much more about strength training and how that can help you build your confidence and actually execute the skills better, 
what do you think you would have done differently during your dancer days? Or like, what do you wish you could have changed about that phase of your life? I would have done so many things differently. And I must admit that this question makes me feel a little bit emotional because my ultimate mission for what I'm doing is in my work is I want to be for these dancers who I needed as eight-year-old Katie. Um, And, you know, dancing was my identity until I was 28, you know, and then when I became a mom at 30, that was my new identity was I'm a mom. But really, you know, in, in all my 25 years of dancing, only in the last two years of dancing did I really start to act like a dancer and like an athlete. And throughout all of that time, because there were all the distractions of school and friends and jobs, you know, I I hadn't taken the time to do that. So what I would have changed is I would have, you know, taken the time to actually respect my body, see myself as an athlete, take care of my body, eat better, do the strength training. I would have come up with less excuses and I would have just taken things into my own hands a lot more, I think, especially in the high school time of life, even in college dancers, we re- we rely so much on what our peers are doing. And I wish I would have just sort of focused on my own self and focused on my dancing instead of getting wrapped up in like the drama that comes kind of comes along with it. Yeah, I, I definitely would have treated myself as an athlete because then perhaps I wouldn't have had to wait until my last couple years of dancing to really feel like I had arrived as a dancer. Does that make sense? Oh, I absolutely. And I think it hits me in the same kind of emotional place that I think a lot of the reason I went into the psychology of it is because that's the part that really hurt my career. That's the part that really got to me. And like, I wish teenage me understood so much of what I do now and like similar mission of like, how can I help current dancers and coaches teach their dancers and, you know, studio owners bring this to their dancers now. I'm like, if I could have learned this in like middle school and high school, like what a completely different path that would be. And especially around your under understanding your identity as an athlete. I think that's really interesting. And a lot of, you see all the memes of it was like, dancers are athletes and like dance is a sport. And like, there's this fight to prove that we are athletes and we are a sport, but you're right that I don't know that a lot of dancers genuinely see themselves that way or treat their bodies in the same way where you are grateful for it, training it from a, you know, strength place to prevent injuries, the nutrition part, the gratitude that, that it's, I don't know that everybody quite has that true ownership as a dancer. And I wish we would. I agree with you. And I think what needs to shift is that so much discussion around bodies for dancers is in regards to size. That's changing, yes. But, and even as like a teenager and and a young woman, my concern about my body was always what do I weigh? What size clothing am I in right now? Never once did I think, you know, I should be eating healthy foods to perform better, I thought I should be eating healthy foods to lose weight. It would, that was never a concept for me. So I, that's, I want to encourage these dancers today to understand that like your body is a tool and it's so hard to look at it as a tool when you resent it so much. 
for whatever reasons you might have. And it was one of those things, again, where it's like becoming a power lifter and becoming a mom. These were some really pivotal moments in my relationship with my body where I thought, hey, friend, look at us. Look what we can do. And I just don't know yet what that's going to be for teenagers and younger dancers. I don't know what that's going to look like for them. But it's it's going to have to come from somewhere internally for them to go, I want to respect my body and take care of my body with food and with strength training to improve my performance and to really be an athlete versus I want to lose weight or I want to look like a celebrity. Today's podcast is sponsored by the National Dance Coaches Association and the annual conference coming up in May 2021. I've been a part of this association since the beginning, and I'm not exaggerating when I say it's one of my absolute favorite conferences to attend for dance coaches. This year, the conference is in person, and I definitely need that personal connection more than ever. I am counting down the days. This year's conference will be in Nashville, Tennessee. It's such a fun place to spend some time. We've got blind dancing, music, barbecues, and I've never actually been to Nashville, but I am thrilled to get to go this year and experience it with my dance friends. Here's the real deal though, besides obviously being a good time with friends, the conference includes a full schedule of motivational and truly informative sessions to give you a little oomph back in your dance team life. But even better, one NDCA credential is included in your registration fee. There are three credentials, judging, coaching, and dance safety. I actually helped write the coaching credential and I'll be there teaching it live at the conference. I'd love to see you there. You can get more information by going to nationaldancecoaches.org and register today. Let's talk motivation with strength training from coaches who are like, my dancers just roll their eyes when we want to go do wall sits or like nobody wants to do the strength training or it's how do I get my dancers to be motivated to do that? And some of it might be this mindset shift of like, what's the purpose of this strength training? What is it giving you and what is it doing for you to help motivate you and get it? Like you said, if you're only doing 20 minutes a couple times a week, that's enough to be really effective. So how do we help educators like motivate their dancers to do the strength training to get involved let them know what's in it for them classic marketing right we're marketing strength training to dancers as dance educators and so what's in it for them and i think that that's my job then to educate the dance coaches about how does strength training benefit their dancers but letting them know like if you have specific skills this is going to help you. If you guys want to win, if you want to score higher, if you want cleaner routines, like this is going to help you. This is what we need to be doing. So I think one, letting them know what's in it for them. I think challenges can be really fun too. No matter what, even if it's your best friend, everyone's a little bit competitive. So doing a wall sit challenge would be really, you know, a fun thing to do as we're moving into our improvement season. Planking challenges, squat challenges. The coaches have to be the first ones to decide. I have a team of athletes. Every other team, if you're, you know, in high school or college, your football team, your soccer team, they're in the weight room. They do their drills on the field and then they're in the weight room. You want that same respect? You want to perform at a higher level? You've got to be strength training. You have to take this tool you have and take it to the next level. And strength training is where you do that. I don't know if that any, any of that made sense. I felt like I talked in a circle, but no, I think it makes perfect sense that, and sometimes dancers are in the weight room, depending on whether they are seen as a, like a varsity sport in their school or not. Studios, of course, are usually not going to have access to that kind of weight room, but that's what I love about what you do is it's the strength training 
for dancers that you can do in your practice space, in your studio. But I think connecting it to why matters a lot, right? Being able to connect even a specific drill of like, this drill is going to help your arms on this turn. Or this is what we do to pull your, when I say pull up your passe, this is this drill that's going to make that happen. And just making those little connections so that dancers can say like, yes, this is hard or I'm tired or I don't want to do this. But if, if they can visualize in the future and have that sense of like, I want to be able to execute this jump. Like I can picture how high I want to be. I can picture what, you know, I could actually create an Instagram picture because you can catch me at the peak of my jump and how pretty that would look and like visualize the end game to know, like, that's why I'm going to sit here and do this repetition, right? Like that's, and I think that's the thing you were mentioning earlier about like visualizing the future of it. That's a great motivational tip that sports psychologists talk about all the time is how do you, you know, visualize what you want in order to keep doing it. So visualizing, you know, the end result of the turn section, the jump, the power in your hip hop, the strength in your palm motions, whatever it is that you're working for, that if you can visualize that end, it's a good and understand why, right, then you can make those two connections and strength training becomes very purposeful and not just this thing teacher makes us do. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Just connecting it to your why. And you're always going to have dancers on your team who don't, they don't love to work hard and that's okay because there's dancers on your team who go, Ooh, you're giving me a tool I can use. Watch me take this to the next level. So, um, but yeah, also exactly what you're saying with the studios, you can do body weight exercises or even using like athletic bands or yoga blocks and get an incredible workout. So if you're listening and you're going, we don't have a weight room, not to worry, really intentional body weight exercises can sometimes be more effective than holding weights. Yes, absolutely. I want to shift a little bit and talk about comparison because I think dancers, as we're training together, we often compare ourselves to the dancer next to us. And we say like, I can't, like she can do the plank challenge and I can't, or I can, I'll never jump as high as her. My turns are always like that comparison is always there. So did you struggle comparing yourself to others as a dancer? And I know I did. Oh my goodness. I mean, like what created who I am today was the moment when I was eight years old standing at the ballet bar and I compared the way my butt and legs looked compared to the person next to me. And it never ended from there. And as I mentioned, I was not a naturally talented dancer in what you would consider like a, a typical, you know, I, I had great technique because of my ballet training, but when it came to things like jazz, I wasn't fantastic at it. I could turn decently and I could jump okay. So absolutely, I compared to the girls who always got the the little solo parts. I was I compared myself to the girls who could choreograph. I could never choreograph, right? But but all of this was until I realized what palm was, <laughs> and palm changed my life because what I didn't know is that I was meant to dance quickly and sharply. That's the way I was built. I was not built for ballet and for jazz. And that was my own interpretation. I'm sure I could have made myself work, you know, make my body work for those things. Um, but hip hop and palm, that's where I really thrived because I can get low. And then I really could, when I started the strength training, I really could jump like crazy high. So I learned that I was a jumper and I was meant to dance with great execution, which was really cool to figure that out later in life. But yes, I compared myself to 
everybody, everybody could do something I couldn't do. I was not born flexible. Even when I was taking private lessons as a ballerina, I was embarrassed that I had to take private lessons just to get more flexible when all the other dancers could easily be in their splits. And to this day, I still don't have my left splits. I mean, I like, I literally, it took me a hundred million years and I still don't have my left splits. My right one's no problem. But um, yes, absolutely compared myself to everybody. And then even when I was coaching, I compared myself to coaches who could, like I said a little bit before, dancers who could choreograph and then coaches who could choreograph. I can clean. You want me to come in there and like whip something in shape? Absolutely. But choreography, can't do it. Nope, can't do it. So yes, <laughs> I tell a lot of comparison my whole entire life. Absolutely. And I think most dancers do. And I, what you said about being a coach, I think that's where I compared myself in the ballet world way too much as well. But I think it was harder for me, even as an adult, when I started teaching at the studio and coaching was how I'm, am I ever going to be as good as XYZ person that I admire and want to be like, and, and it's this constant battle in, in, in any industry, but I think dancers do it a lot because we are such a visual sport and, you know, the artist athlete that we compare ourselves to everybody around us. That's what we're used to. And it's, it's just such a dangerous thing for dancers and trying to find, like you were just talking about where you find the thing you are good at and what makes you unique. What is your strength leaning into your strengths? If that's something I wish we could share with younger dancers and then even younger coaches and teachers out there who might be comparing yourself to others in our industry right now that like find your own strengths and let go of that comparison game a little younger than I think Katie and I did because we both struggle with that a lot. Yes, that took me almost 30 years to figure out. And the thing is, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but with each dancer, you were given the passion to dance. You were given the gift to dance because you were meant to. Somebody gave that to you somewhere. You were meant to dance. And for me personally, I wasn't given the gift to dance to be the center on the floor. I was given the gift to dance, to struggle through dancing so I could take those experiences and bring that into my adulthood. I'm getting emotional now, Chelsea, so that I could educate and so that I could take that that struggle. If I had never struggled in my dancing, if everything came naturally, naturally to me, never would I had to had to take skills and go, okay, I'm going that direction. How do I get this skill? How do I achieve this? Like, how do I, how do I get sharp in my hip hop? How do I get lower in my hip hop? Like, how do I, how do I jump higher in my palm? I wouldn't have had to do that. Then I wouldn't be able to teach everybody now. How do you look at a skill, break it down and master that skill? My entire career is built off of me not being a great dancer but I'm really good at what I do now because I had to struggle through that. And that's why I was given the gift to dance. So if you're dancing right now and you're going, I'm not that great at dancing, guess what? There is something magical inside of you. If you have that passion, you stick with it. Stop looking at everyone else's paper. Focus on what you're doing because guess what? When you're 20, 30, 40, you're going to just have to focus on what you're doing right now because you, no one cares. Like When you're 30, you're not gonna care what anybody else is doing because you're gonna be so busy building up your own life. So, so get on that side now, you know, jump on that boat with me. Let's do it. Let's not stop the comparison game. Oh, I'm so thank you for going there. And I, I'm getting emotional with you. I feel exactly the same way in the sense that like I was, I was the second row dancer. I was the base of the lift. I was always that dancer that was like there to support the star, you know, and 
that was really hard for me. It's like, yes, I may be on the championship team, but I'm not going to be front row. And for me, the mindset stuff came in because I was always that second row dancer and I was, I'm very cerebral about it. Go figure. You're right. Where I'm going to analyze everything and I know every count. And I was always that, that dancer, but then I had, you know, the opportunity where I would become like the point of a, a triangle or a pyramid, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> like the opportunity to be the front point. And I panicked and like, I know I didn't execute anymore. And I was like, why did I suddenly get praised and I fall apart and my mind got in the way. And I'm like, I realized I was like comfortable in the second row. I'm like, why is, why? I don't want to be comfortable in the second row. Like, why is that a thing? But to your point, then I had to engine back engineer that and figure out like, why did I why don't I believe I can be that front star dancer? Why have I accepted that I'm just going to be second best? And that turned into coaching too. Like, why am I okay with runner up? Why don't I like, why don't I want more or believe I can be more? And it's, it's again, built same as you have built a whole career now on helping people figure out how to do what we had to struggle through. And I think that's so powerful to, I hadn't really thought about it in that way until you said that, but that's so true that I think my, gift of dance was more in my own struggle of learning the psychology of it to now be able to help others with it. So that's very well said, Katie. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. So kind of wrapping up that thought then, what is your like dream for dancers today? And if, I don't know, strength training is a big part of that or how you can bring what you do now into that, but what's your, what's your dream for today's dancer? My dream for dancers, as I sort of mentioned, was I just want to go up to every single one and grab their shoulders and just say, you have something magical inside of you. If you don't feel like you are really thriving in a certain style of dance, I encourage you to try something different. And then I want you to look at your body and say, this is my tool. This is my friend. What strengths do I kind of have already? And then build on it. And And to remind them that like everything they want is just on the other side of consistency. So if it's consistently working their strength training or consistently eating in a way that's going to help their performance, everything they want, it is possible and it's capable. And I think so many people wait till they're older or till they have more time, but you're not going to have time later. It's a struggle to take care of yourself when you get older because you have so many other things to do. But ultimately, I want them to know that their body is their friend, that it's a tool, it's a teammate, it's not something just to tolerate. And, you know, just save yourself the time of struggling and just look inside yourself right now, eyes on your own paper. My wish for dancers is to go, I'm enough, but I'm going to take myself to the next level. Oh, so well said. Thank you. Um, I think what you've created with dancerfitness.com is such an awesome tool to help dancers do what you are just now talking about. Will you share a little bit about dancerfitness.com, how you can help Uh, dance educators, dance coaches, and bring this kind of tool to their dancers. Sure, absolutely. So dancerfitness.com, we have hundreds of exercises, hundreds of training plans, and it's a membership website. So if you are not a member yet, you have access to our beginner level exercises. But if you'd like to join and become a member, then you have access to beginner through advanced exercises and all the training plans. And what I love most about the website is our filtering tool. So there's a little box that says, I want my dancers or my dancers need to strengthen there and they can type in turns. 
their hamstrings, their flexibility, their extension, and then all the exercises in all the levels. And you can filter the levels. Maybe you have some intermediate dancers. Filter that. Every exercise you you need is going to show up right in front of your face. So as a dance educator, you don't have to go on Google. You don't have to go on Pinterest. You can ensure that you're giving your dancers safe and effective exercises to do what we've been talking about this whole time, which is increase their confidence, reduce your time cleaning routines, score higher, you know, less injuries, of course. So that's available to you. And then also part of dancerfitness.com is our private Facebook group where I'm on there daily. So if you have someone or if you have questions and you need somebody to run run those by and you have a dancer who maybe is coming back from an injury or you have specific skills you guys are trying to conquer or you know cleaning has been difficult just you know post on the facebook page there's a great community there and i'm always there to help so it's dancer-fitness.com and you can check out the exercises check out memberships and i'm always around on instagram too so you can pop in and ask me questions there Absolutely. I, this is the tool I wish I had as a dancer, but even more as a coach when I was the one teaching when I was like, okay, warm up. What does, I don't, I want to do more than just a standard warm up. Like what do I do? <laughs> right. And you, you do, you just, you Google things, you look at what you do, what you did. That's what, like, I just did warm up the way I always had warmed up as a dancer. It's like, this gives you so many amazing tools to be specific about your dancer's level, the types of skills you're trying to get better at, and even individualized dancer trainings during, like we said, improvement season over the summer, like that I just, is such an amazing tool. So um, I will make sure to link to the, uh, the website and your Instagram and everything in the show notes, everybody can find it and make sure you go check it out. Thank so you. thank you so much for this, Katie. I think this was thank awesome so advice much. and such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to watching more of what you're doing because I'm seeing things that you're saying and that you're posting on Instagram and I'm going, oh, I wish I would have known that when I was coaching. Okay. (laughs) I was doing things not exactly the right way. Um, So really, really wonderful work that you're doing as well, Chelsea. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you being here with me today and uh, maybe we will be back to collaborate and do other things together in the future. So thank you, Katie. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.